0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. My name is Jake, and on today's episode, I want to preview the IBU World Cup Week 5 event in Rapolding, Germany. No sooner has the snow dust settled on the week four IBU World Cup event in Oberhof than we turn our attention to week five action in Repolding. Six more events await to entertain and entrance our eyeballs. So let's take a look at what we've got in store. Up first, I want to talk all about the competition dates and times to give you an idea of what's happening when. So Let's get into that. First things first, the event will unfold from the 11th to the 15th of January. And keep in mind, all of these dates and times that I'm about to give you are adjusted for Australian purposes. So if you want to know the who, what, where, and when for your particular time zone, simply go on and visit the event page on biathlonworld.com. All right. So first off, we're going to start. The last event we had in Oberhof went men's, then women's events. This time it's the opposite. We start with the women's four by six kilometre relay, which is occurring Thursday the 11th at midnight. So late, late, late Wednesday night. In fact, so late Wednesday night, we're into the early hours of Thursday morning. So Thursday the 11th at half past midnight. The men's four by seven and a half kilometre relay is up next. That one happens 24 hours later, half an hour past midnight, Friday the 12th. The women's seven and a half kilometre sprint Saturday the thirteenth at half past midnight. <laughs> the men's ten kilometre sprint Sunday the fourteenth at half past midnight. The women's ten kilometre pursuit Sunday fourteenth ten thirty at night, and we round things out with the men's twelve and a half kilometre pursuit Monday the fifteenth at 1245. 45 minutes past midnight. So last. Week in Oberhof, we started, we went men's pursuit, uh, sorry, men's sprint, women's sprint, men's pursuit, women's pursuit, men's relay, women's relay. We're starting with the relays this weekend. And before we get into previewing and predicting all those races, let's have a look at the current standings. Um, So there's a bit over a month of competition done in the 2023-24 campaign. It's still a glut of Norwegian dominance at the top of the tree in the men's division, things are still a little more interesting when it comes to the women. And given it's the women followed by the men in this week's order of events, let's take a look at their standings first. We're going to start with the overall women's individual standings. And number one in the world is still France's Justine Brazard-Boucher on 592 points, followed by Norway's Ingrid Landmark-Tandrevold on 501 down in third is Alvira Erberg of Sweden on 473. In fourth, it's Lisa Vitozzi of Italy on 456. And rounding out the five in fifth place is Frances Juliette Simon on 438. So there wasn't much movement at the top of the leaderboard in the overall women's individual standings after Oberhoff, outside of Julia Simon catapulting herself up into the top five over Germany's Franziska Preuss. Simon has been on the charge, uh, and still a lot of ground left to cover this season, so still room for things to be shaken up and for Brazard-Boucher's lead to be challenged. The women's sprint standings. Justine Brazard-Boucher of France Reigns supreme there as well on 257 points, followed by Ingrid Landmark tandrevold from Norway in second on 229 points. Alvira Erberg of Sweden on 180 in third. So the same top three as in the overall standings. But then we've got a bit of difference at four and five. It's Caroline of Notten of Norway on 176 points in fourth, and Lisa Vitozzi of Italy on 173 points in fifth. Uh, We didn't actually see anyone rise in or fall out of the top five in the sprint standings, but we did see a couple of changes in how those five ordered themselves. Uh, Frances Justine Brazard-Boucher actually flipped into first, supplanting Tandrevold uh, for that top spot on the back of her sprint win in Oberhof. Norway's uh, Notten flipped Lisa Vototzi out of fourth spot uh, down into fifth. So that's the movement that happened there. In the women's pursuit standings, Julia Simon goes number one on 246 points. Justine Brazard-Boucher of France in second. So it's a French stranglehold on the top two spots. Alvira Erberg of Sweden, she's third in the other two standings I've just mentioned. She's third here as well on 216 points. Ingrid Landmark-Tandrevold of Norway is in fourth on 191. And we've got Switzerland's Lena Heike-Gross on 166 points in fifth. No new faces inside the top five of the Women's Pursuit standings, but there was a shuffle of places. French duo Julia Simon and Justine brazard Boucher vaulted themselves into first and second place, uh, respectively knocking Elvira Erberg down to third, while Ingrid Landmark-Tandrevold climbed up one spot from fifth to fourth, moving Switzerland's Lena Heike-Gross down a peg. The Women's Relay standings, we've got Norway in number... Uh, in first on 255 points, Sweden in second on 210, France 195 in third, Germany 150 in fourth, and the Italians round out the top five in fifth with 134 points. So just a single change in the top five of the women's relay standings as Italy surged over Switzerland into fifth place on the back of a fourth place finish in the Oberhof relay. A familiar spot for the Italians who finished last season's relay in fifth place. Now we move over to the men's side of the equation. So, in the overall men's individual standings, we've still got Johannes Thingnes Bo of Norway on 579 points, uh, Tarja Bo of Norway in second. So, it's the Bo brothers who are one and two. But then we've got Andre Stromsheim of Norway in third on 467 points. Johannes Dale shevdal in fourth on 454 points. Still Holm Ligrid in fifth, also from Norway, on 451 points. So still all five of the top five in the overall men's individual standings are Norwegians. Despite a week without an individual podium, let alone a victory to his name, reigning champion Johannes Bo retained his number one spot at the top of those standings. As I said, his brother Taria kept the pace in second, but he also went without a podium in the individual events. it would be a while since we had, you know, a couple of, you know, individual races in a sprint and then a pursuit where neither of the Bo brothers made it into the top three. Uh, Andre Stromsheim jumped up into third. He knocked Johannes Dali Shevdal into fourth place, and that was obviously on the back of Stromsheim's inaugural uh, win at World Cup level. And as I already mentioned, Stirlholm Ligrid added 150 points to his total this week in fifth place. The men's sprint standings. Um, no new athletes in the top five of the men's sprint standings, but plenty of trading places. Uh, you've got Germany's Benny Dole ascending to first, knocking Taria Bowe into second. Uh, Benny Dole on 247 points, Taria Bowe on 228. Stirlholm Ligrid replaces another German, uh, Philip Norath, in third. Ligrid on 221 points. Norath on 187. Overall world leader Johannes dignes Bo retains his spot in fifth place. Just 22 points, though, above Andre Stromsheim, who is looking up from sixth. The men's pursuit standings. Well, speaking of Norwegians, uh, we now have five of them uh, in the top five of the men's pursuit standings. So Johannes Dignes-Bow, retains his spot in first. But second place, André Stromsheim closes the gap from 52 points to just seven points. So you've got Johannes in number one on 251 points. You've got André Stromsheim in second on 244. So that is a razor-thin margin there. Now, Johannes daly is in third on 214 points, followed by Sterleholm Ligrid in fourth place uh, on 201 points. He actually bumped Taria Bo down into fifth and knocked Seb Samuelson, the Swede, out of the top five altogether. The men's relay standings got Norway in one on 270 points, Germany in second on 195, France in third on 186, Italy on 155 in fourth place, and in fifth spot it's the Swedes who are on 130 points. And as we continue to speak of Norwegians in the men's bracket, I suppose they just continue to streak away in the relay. They turned in their 10th consecutive victory in the format to expand a 30 point lead into a 75 point advantage, while Germany rises up to second, France fell to third, Italy retained fourth, and Sweden's flipped Austria out to claim fifth for themselves. I'm going to end this episode delivering my my race predictions but first let's take a look at a couple of biathletes of interest in each of these preview episodes i'm going to try and highlight two biathletes one from each of the men's and women's fields as my biathletes of interest last week we had a look at sebastian samuelson of sweden and lisa vatozzi of italy this weekend i'm keen to look into one of the usa's best performers in the women's racing and a rising star from norway who announced himself in a big way in Oberhof. First off, we're talking about Deidre Irwin, who uh, races for the USA, currently ranks 32nd overall, and her best finish in 2023 was her 13th place in the women's 12.5km mass start in Lenzerheide. So much of the coverage on broadcasts in the world of biathlon revolves around the main four to five power player nations in the sport, and that certainly makes sense. They are, after all, the nations who are truly in contention to not only win podium places race by race, but dominate the field for years on end. However, there are many biathletes from many other nations who help make up the fabric of the sport and who are striving to achieve their own goals. And it's for that reason that I'd like to focus in on America's Deidre Irwin. Irwin sparked my attention during the women's relay competition on the final day of the Oberhof event, where she took the first leg for Team USA. Despite being a part of a team that registered the slowest ski time of any of the 12 nations who finished the race, the 31-year-old Irwin personally produced the ninth fastest race of the field, a time of 15 minutes, 48.5 seconds. That time was 1 minute, 22.2 seconds faster than her next quickest teammate, Jackie Garso, and helped keep the Americans in the hunt for a top 10 finish surprisingly deep into the race. At the range, Irwin shot clean in the prone before missing three shots in the standing shoot. While she would obviously have been pleased with a perfect stint in the prone, the standing shoot will no doubt be frustrating, particularly because it was below her season efficiency in that discipline at the range. However, despite the disappointment of that particular element of her Oberhof relay performance, there's huge reason to be impressed with the progress she's made with the standing rifle work. Per BiathlonWorld.com, Erwin has improved her efficiency in the stand year on year across the last four seasons, from 65% in the 20 to 2021 campaign, to 75% in 21-22, to 77% in 2022-23, and now up a whopping 10% from 77% last year to 87% this season. It's not only with the Rifle where the American has been st- seen statistical improvement either. In the 2020-2021 to 2021 season, Irwin's average skiing time behind the fast, fastest athletes sat at 11.6 seconds per kilometre, according to BiathlonWorld.com. But, that has improved year on year just like her shooting in 2021-22 it shrunk by one and a half seconds to 10.1 in 2022-23 it came down a further 0.6 seconds per kilometer and this season it currently sits at 9.3 seconds per kilometer behind the fastest times that's a nice reduction of 2.3 seconds per kilometer on her time behind the quickest laps on track in 2020 to 2021 combined with a 22% increase in her standing shoot efficiency from that same season. Both of those improvements have borne fruit in the overall rankings, where Erwin currently sits 32nd, 24 points behind Chechia's Markita Davidova, who sits in 25th place. If Erwin can maintain her excellent shooting in the stand and continue to ski well, she has an excellent chance of finishing the campaign ranked higher than her previous World Cup career best, so 58, so I'm very keen uh, to watch Deidre Irwin a little more closely in these following events. There's a few athletes from Estonia and Slovenia, um, Finland as well. There's been some really impressive shoots at the range. And sometimes these athletes get buried a little bit in the coverage. And I get it, you've got to focus on the athletes at the front of the race, the ones who are competing for those podium places. But something i've really enjoyed about writing the recap articles for the jbse's patreon which you should go and check out they're currently all free to read you don't have to subscribe you don't have to give over any money to read the recaps i'm writing after each race but something i've really enjoyed about it is after i've recapped the main action being able to highlight some performances uh, from deeper down the standings because there's some athletes who are doing you know personal best type things even if they're not pushing for the podium, and I really feel like Deidre Erwin is one of those athletes who's making incredible personal strides, uh, and you know sometimes just outside the limelight of the podium. Uh, having said all that, I would like to now talk about my male biathlete of interest for the weekend, and that is Andre Stromsheim of Norway. Currently ranked third overall in the world, his best finish. In 2023, was that first place in the men's 12.5km pursuit in Oberhof just this week. And I know, I know, no sooner have I waxed lyrical about the need to highlight by athletes of interest from nations outside the power players than I dive into a segment on Norway's Andre Stromsheim. I apologise, but I simply find no greater topic of fascination in the men's division headed into Repolding than the fortunes of another rising Norwegian star. Now, prior to Oberhoff, Stromsheim had flashed his awesome potential on a couple of occasions already this season. His ferocious last lap hunting of teammate Sterleholm Ligrid to claim third place in the Lenzerheide pursuit just before Christmas left a strong impression on me. Of course, his rapid rifle work at the range was accelerating. What he showed in that last skiing effort to overhaul his countrymen when he already had a podium place secured was an absolutely monstrous appetite for the competition. Those two qualities are what came to the fore over the weekend in Oberhof as Stromsheim secured a podium finish in all three races he started. He went third in the sprint, first in the pursuit, and first in the relay. Sitting on the couch a million miles away from Oberhof, we wondered aloud how the young Norwegian would follow up such a strong showing in the sprint race. This question felt especially pertinent as the last time he achieved a personal best with that second place finish in Lanzerheide, he chased it by finishing 14th in the mass start, including a five miss meltdown at the range. In Oberhof, there was no such hangover. In one of the best individual performances of the season, Stromsheim paired the 10th fastest skiing time on track with the fastest shooting time while facing direct challenges from two of the very best members of his own team. First, it was uh, reigning champion Johannes Thignus Bo, who quickly found his way into a head-to-head race with Stromsheim across sort of the second half of the race. Bo had surrendered a single miss during the first standing shoot But by the time the second stand rolled around, it was the two Norwegians entering the range side by side with no one else in sight. A big moment for a comparatively young biathlete like Stromsheim, but he elevated to the occasion. He got away three shots out of his rifle before Bo had even pulled the trigger on his first, and while he ended up throwing two wide, it was the more experienced Norwegian who missed three. That left a ski race with Sterleholm Ligrid, who shot clean in the final stand to speed ahead, to decide the winner on the final ski lap. And this was where Stromsheim's immense appetite for gut-bursting skiing took centre stage. Ligrid was able to stay with him only for so long, before Stromsheim powered away with another display of boundless ferocity. Now we're left to wonder again, just how good can Stromsheim be? Or rather, how consistently can he be as excellent as he was on the weekend in Oberhof? It has been amazing to see this blossoming unfolding before our eyes over the last few events, but will the bloom have staying power and longevity? Only races yet to be run and ranges yet to be stared down hold the answer. I had actually wondered in my last article whether Seb Samuelsson of Sweden could play the Nadal to Bose Federer this season this last weekend has left me wondering that perhaps the biggest threat to the reigning world champion's crown exists within the walls of his own team. Uh, And it's fascinating to think about Stromsheim, you know, toiling away in the IBU Cup for a lot of last year and the last few seasons, you know, occasionally getting these World Cup opportunities and this year really cracking through. But, you know, you are right there all the time with Johannes, you know, the best in the world, to, you know, you can observe how he trains, how he operates, how he eats, how he hydrates, how all of these things, how he prepares. So Strom in in a lot of ways has this inside track. Uh, and, and that, you know, that's a fascinating idea that, uh, you know, some of, it's what makes the sport of biathlon in, in a lot of ways to me interesting in that it's an individual event in many cases, but you're all part of a team. And so, you know, when you're a team like Norway, you know, you've got the top five skiers and shooters currently, in, you know, in the sport. You've got the top five biathletes in men's skiing, in men's biathlon. You can pick up things from each other. You know, you do see what it's going to take, perhaps more than any other athlete from any other other nation. You know what it takes to take on someone like Johannes Thickness Bow because you're doing it in training and you're seeing how good they are. And so you're you're able to perhaps more accurately measure where you need to be. Um, so I'm fascinated to see how this plays out because it was such a big moment. Um, the way he took on you know both Johannes Thingnesbø and Stellan Holm There was just no fear in Andre Stromsheim, and and that was super impressive in such a big spot to come up strong not only in the shoot which is so sort of cerebral in a lot of ways but then in the ski as well. It was just it was it was really impressive. All right, let's get into my Repolding race predictions. I'm off to a cracking start in my race predictions, successfully predicting the result of just one of six races in Oberhof, which was a pretty, uh, pretty straightforward one. That was Norway in the men's relay. Uh, I might be so generous as to give myself a half point for telling you to keep an eye on Julia Simon in the women's pursuit, but that would be exceedingly generous and possibly cheating because I gave my official pick as Justine brazard Boucher, who ended up finishing. Second. Anyway, here are my picks for Rapolding. So we kick things off with the women's 4x6km relay, and I am predicting that it will be back-to-back victories. For the French, after they broke through Norwegian dominance in Oberhof, I think France finished 7th in this same event in Repolding last season. But that team lacked both Justine Brazard-Boucher and Julia Simon. And one feels that those two biathletes, who are in exceptional form, can make a phenomenal difference. So I've got the French winning the women's relay in the men's four by seven and a half kilometre relay. I refuse to look past the Norwegians here. They are just absurdly strong right now, able to leave out by athletes like Johannes Dale Chevdal and uh Sjostad Christensen and still win while whopping two minutes over the field. Until one of the bigger nations like Germany, Italy, Sweden, or France get their shooting together, I think beating Norway looks like an impossibility. I mean, if Norway misses 10 shots or fewer, they're probably winning the relay and winning it somewhat comfortably um, until further notice. In the women's 7.5km sprint, I'm choosing France's Julia Simon to make it back-to-back victories in individual races. She has begun to look absolutely menacing once again with her ski times quickening and her shooting looking as ruthlessly efficient as ever. She's still 154 points behind teammate and world leader Justine Brazeau boucher but that gap could be closed over the final five events of the season. That spins us to the men's 10km sprint, and that field is beginning to feel remarkably open, as long as you're talking about Norwegians or Germans. I'm choosing Norway's Sterleholm Ligrid to finally crack first place in an individual podium this season. His brilliance with the rifle—he's averaging, I think, 94% in the stand, uh, in the in the uh, prone, and 95% in the stand. Off the top of my head, um, you know that's going to have to carry the day for him. He has to shoot well uh, in any race. Uh, but I just have a gut feeling that he's going to break through for a first place here in the men's 10-kilometer sprint. And his ski times, while it's you know it's not blistering, they've definitely be- been speeding up. While there will be a ferocious fight between France's Justine Brazard-Boucher and Julia Simon in the women's 10-kilometer pursuit, I'm actually tapping Norway's Ingrid landmark Tandravold to go past both women and claim first place for herself. Despite currently being ranked second in the world, Tandrafold hasn't quite claimed the individual rewards she would have hoped for this season. I think that stops here. I think she rises to the top in Repolding. Finally, we move to the final competition of the weekend, the men's 12.5km pursuit. The storylines going into this one are fascinating after the result last weekend, but I think this is a spot where a legend strikes a retaliatory blow back at the field of usurpers. That's right, I'm picking Johannes Thingness bow to find form at the range and sweep to his third victory in four pursuit races. But I think Andre Stromsheim will be close behind. I think we're seeing the beginnings of an inter-team rivalry that might span the rest of the season. Signing off. Well, that's all for this preview of the IBU World Cup week event in Rippolding. I hope you have an enthralling time watching the action and I'll be back to recap it all for you as it unfolds. As I said, make sure to go on over. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I'll be posting links to my race recaps. That's after each of these races ends, either that same evening here in Australia or the next morning, I'll be writing recaps of each race, uh, you know, sort of giving you a synopsis of the action talking about individual performances so if you'd like those as they roll off the the press make sure you go on over follow me on twitter instagram or facebook and you'll get the links there you can pop on over to patreon as i said no subscription required no money uh, need change hands unless you'd like to subscribe and support the pod um, they're all up there for free to be read so i appreciate your support thank you so much for listening uh, until next time have a great weekend